Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, July 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Social media sites are pushing back against China's new national security law in Hong Kong. A U.S. bailout program has kept tens of millions of people employed during the pandemic, and foreign students in the United States might have to stay home this autumn. Plus, the FT's Eric Platt will report on the dangers associated with day trading. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Last week, China's national security law went into effect. And on Monday, Hong Kong's government said that the law requires social media companies to take action on its behalf, take down content deemed illegal, cut individuals' access to platforms, and, if a warrant is granted, comply with reasonable decryption requests. Doing otherwise could result in publishers, internet service providers, and social media companies facing fines and jail terms. But yesterday, Facebook, Twitter, and Google all came out and said they would temporarily block authorities in Hong Kong from accessing user data. Facebook said it was supporting the right of people to express themselves without fear. Google said it was reviewing the law. And Twitter said it had, quote, grave concerns regarding both the developing process and the full intention of this law. And these sites do get requests from authorities, even before the national security law went into effect. Between Facebook and its other platforms, Instagram and WhatsApp, the company received nearly 400 requests for data in Hong Kong last year. And now turning to the U.S.'s Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP. Yesterday, the U.S. released its highly anticipated database that shows who received money under the Small Business Loan Program. In the process, the government said the program had kept more than 51 million people in work and that it loaned more than $520 billion to struggling companies. PPP is expected to come under intense scrutiny, though. There will be a lot of focus on the names of businesses released yesterday that got more than $150,000 under the scheme. High-end fashion brands, Hollywood companies, and some of the country's top private schools are some of the groups that benefited from the bailout. The Small Business Administration says that 170,000 loans, $38.5 billion worth of them, had been returned by the end of May. Some of the top universities in the United States are to be mostly online this autumn due to coronavirus concerns, and it might have severe consequences for foreign students. Yesterday, Harvard University and Princeton laid out plans for a limited return to their campuses in the next academic year. Harvard said it would keep all courses online in the 2020-2021 year, but it will bring up to 40% of its undergraduates to campus. But this will cause problems for international students. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, also known as ICE, said that foreign students would no longer be eligible to stay in the country if their courses move fully online. I said students holding visas for either academic or vocational courses that have moved fully online should either depart the country or transfer to a school with in-person teaching. The department added that failing to do so could result in deportation proceedings. According to the Institute of International Education, there were a little more than 1 million international students in the U.S. in the 2018-2019 academic year, about 5.5% of the higher education population. Our next story covers some sensitive subject matter. 
Last month, 20-year-old Alex Kearns took his life at his home in Illinois. It appears he believed he lost nearly $750,000 in a soured options bet he made on Robinhood, an online brokerage. In fact, he actually had a balance of $16,000. Day trading is the act of trading in and out of a single stock on the same day or option on the same day, and it has become extremely popular in recent months. But the tragedy of Alex Kern's death highlights a concern about whether these platforms are doing enough to inform users of the risks before they get involved. The FT's Eric Platt has more on the dark side of day trading and the popularity of these platforms in the time of the pandemic. This has been a really interesting phenomenon to document over the past four months where we talk to senior leadership at the e-brokerages, they're really linking it to the COVID crisis, right? Millions, tens of millions of Americans have been locked down in their homes. For some people who would have gone to Vegas or would have gambled online or gambled on sports, sporting games have been canceled, right? So there's not much else to do, at least for the subset of the population. So a number of people have actually been turning to the stock market. And you've seen this pop up in weird ways, right? You saw this in kind of the trading of Hertz, the bankrupt car hire group, right? When you would see the shares spike, it was predominantly retail investors from our understanding who were doing that trading. And some people have pointed to anecdotal evidence that Americans receiving unemployment checks, including this kind of $600 a week extra stimulus, that might be pushing some to day trade. There's, there's not a clear understanding of what happens when you know, the lockdowns ease and people go back to work. Right. And it sounds like there's also an accessibility to it that may not have existed in prior times through trading apps like Robinhood. Now, Eric, you spoke to Andrew Lowe, who's a finance professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. He's researched traders and he talked about how these platforms can be harmful. The parallels between video games and and day trading is becoming closer and closer. But the bottom line is that um, for many gamers, particularly the younger ones who really aren't, aren't used to trading and don't fully understand the impact of significant losses and gains on their psychophysiology, it could have some significant adverse consequences. Eric, can you talk a little bit about Robinhood and the gamification of trading and some of the consequences that, that might come with it? Yeah, Robinhood, they've gamified it in some ways, right? They When you first join you get often a fractional share or share in stock, often valued at $10 or less. When you make your first trade, confetti blasts across the screen, kind of in the, just the marketing materials, you know, it pitches people to, quote, level up with options trading, which isn't something you would have found 10 years ago, right? And to actually get approved to trade on these platforms, it doesn't take that much time. I think E-Trade was pitching themselves as get signed up in 10 minutes. And so right, the question is, is there enough vetting going on in that process to make sure that people trading really understand what they're doing? Do they understand kind of the financial toll that can just occur if they make a bet that opens themselves up to wide losses, which are possible when you're writing uncovered calls or puts? Eric, I want to go back to Andrew Lowe, the MIT professor who we heard from a little earlier. Trading is a physiologically taxing activity. You may not think that, because, you know, what are you doing sitting at a desk and, you know, shouting numbers into a phone maybe or entering uh, uh, orders electronically? But the amount of stress 
that trading imposes on the human body is, is very significant. So Professor Lowe here talks about stress in trading generally. Why is there so much stress tied to day trading, Eric? So in, in Professor Lowe's studies of traders, whether a professional or just kind of your average American who's trading, if you experience heavy losses early in a career or early in trading, you, the kind of experience you have is one of fear, regret, frustration, disappointment. He, he pointed to studies that showed high blood pressure in traders. They even saw symptoms of post-traumatic stress from some people who had been doing this. And the real difference, right, is if you're working for a large asset manager or if you're working for a bank like Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan, there's a lot of resources behind you, right? There's the trading desk itself, which is monitoring your trades at every minute. But there's also things like counseling that get made available that you just don't have if you're trading from your MacBook at home. Eric, I mentioned Alex Kearns earlier, the 20-year-old student who tragically took his own life after what seemed like a misunderstanding regarding how much money he had thought he had lost trading on Robinhood. What's being done so that day traders better understand what the risks are and how it all works? So Robinhood has said that they are going to, you know, increase the educational resources on the website and the app, that they're going to be making the experience and kind of maybe the user interface easier to understand so someone doesn't confuse kind of one leg of a trade with the overall trade, which is one of the things that came up with with Alex is that he may not have lost any money whatsoever. It may have just been that one side of a trade hadn't settled. And what about regulation? Honestly, at this point, it's unclear if anything is really being put into practice. Representative Sean Kasten, he tweeted about this and said, you know, he was shocked and devastated and hopes something will be done. It was raised to the SEC Commissioner Jay Clayton, who said that, you know, we need to do something to make sure these kinds of things don't happen again. But it's unclear what rules they'll change or what they'll enforce the brokerages to make sure something like this doesn't happen. If you've been affected by anything in this story and need support, please contact the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or in the U.K., the Samaritans Hotline at 116-123. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.